is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Good morning, Melbourne. Hey, it's Saturday and that can only mean one thing, Di. Sport, sport, sport. I like when you do the high, you sound like the Fonz. Hey, Richie. No, I don't know. <laughs> Do I look like Richie? Can't remember anyone else from Happy Days, to be honest. I had an interesting event, I suppose, happen during the week at yeah. the supermarket. I'm not quite sure whether this is a pickup line or not. Were you in the meat aisle? <laughs> no, I was in the vegetable aisle. Oh, there you go. I was sorting through the bananas. <laughs> I'm sure you were. <laughs> anyway, there's a gentleman next to me, and he, he's also... Sorting through the bananas. bananas. And he says to me, excuse me, I'm colourblind. Can you tell me which ones are ripe? Oh, hello. Mmm. All you got to do is feel. Look, and I, I picked him the most uh, yellow ones. Is this true, though, that oh. if you're colourblind and you're a bloke, that you, you can't tell which bananas are ripe? Can they not see their yellows and greens? I don't know about that. I genuinely think he's trying to pick you up. I'm surprised he didn't ask you about, you know, what are these peaches like? I've not tried picking up uh, single women in the supermarket routine myself. Like, if I'm in a supermarket, I'm in the supermarket for one reason, is to buy something, not to pick up... Diana, we talk a lot of AFL on the bucket list. We have one of the legends of the AFL. He played for Richmond, played for Collingwood. Mr. Andrew Cracker, thank you for joining us. Legend. Don't know about that, Beefy, but I'll take it, mate. Thank you. I know what Collingwood fans are like. People that put on the black and white jerseys, you're automatically a legend. If if you play one game or 900 games, you're automatically a legend. I wouldn't say you're wrong there. I've been very fortunate that I've been able to play for two of the biggest clubs in Australia, both Richmond and Collingwood, and the supporters are absolutely amazing. Collingwood, I played 35 games, and Richmond, I played 102. I think uh, my time at Collingwood, even though it was short-lived, certainly sort of been known for that. And every time I do see Collingwood people, they always remember that, uh, tell me the joy that I brought them playing. It's very humbling and a privilege to be able to hear that. No, absolutely spot on. You've got a new TV show, Colour of Your Jumper. Tell us about that. So myself, Shelley Ware and Matthew Stokes are the panellists on the show. And basically an issue-based program that talks about footy issues. It's got a really nice balance of a bit of humour, a bit of footy issues and what's going on, and opinion as well. It's been great. How have you found the transition into the media? I think last year, through Marn Group, I was able to come through and I think I did three shows last year. That sort of gave me a bit of a platform and made me think and probably realise that maybe getting into the media may be an option for me. Footy's been a massive part of my life, Beefy, and um, people want to hear players' opinions on their games. After being involved in Marn Group and doing a little bit of radio, it was sort of a no-brainer. You see the game in a, from a different perspective and watching it and seeing how footballers should probably see the game a little bit different and you've got to paint a picture to the people who are listening to it and I'm, I'm really enjoying that. It seems like football was meant for you because your father played football. Did you feel pressure to play? I didn't feel so much pressure growing up because I didn't see Dad play too much. But now that I was old enough, probably being able to watch Dad's highlights and what kind of a footballer he was and how good he was and the transition he made from coming up from Mount Barker to, to Perth to play for Claremont and then Perth to coming over to Melbourne to the other side of the country to play for North Melbourne. The time they did it and how they did it, people still speak to, about the joy that they were able to bring and the Arden Street memories that Dad and Uncle Phil were able to bring. So going back, I didn't feel the pressure, but now I understand that why the talk was a bit of pressure because Dad and Uncle before we're absolute legends of the game. Yeah, the Cracker name, as well as, like, the Rioli name is synonymous with the game. And it's, you know, it's great to have this legacy that the uh, the Cracker name can, can be continued all the way through with you in the media. The Rioli name is an absolute elite standing in the game of AFL, and Cracker name's not too bad either. For me to be able to continue that legacy, like you said, beefy through the media, something that I'm going to do to the best of my ability. Andrew, our show's called The Bucket List. If there's a sporting event around the world, what would you like to go and see if you had the opportunity? Oh, it'd have to be the NBA final 
finals or the Super Bowl, I think, uh, yeah. Beefy. Yeah. Are you a big basketball fan as well? In the 90s, I was. I was a massive Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls fan, as, as everyone else would have been as well. I just watch a little bit of NBA these days, so I haven't really got a uh, team as such. I, uh, I follow players and I don't mind players. Excellent. Best of luck with the brand new show. It's on afl.com.au. It's called Colour of Your Jumper. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning. We look forward to talking to you real soon. Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be on the show, so thanks for having me on. Thanks, Andrew. On the bucket list. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Hasn't it been exciting since Ash Barty won Roland Garros? Yes, unbelievable win for Ash Barty. She's now ranked number two in the world. What did she go from? Before that tournament, she was 13 or 14. She actually gave up tennis a couple of years ago to play cricket. She ended up playing for Queensland in the Women's Big Bash in the Wobble. There are a few, but not many athletes that actually do go from one sport to another, are there? Oh, and there's not many athletes that can. Check out the uh, Bucket List Radio Show on Facebook. There's loads of good stuff on there, Di, isn't there? Got some bizarre sports as well. What's gone viral from Russia recently is the face-slapping tournaments, right? (laughs) The women are obviously missing out on the face-slapping tournaments, so they've come up with... Bottom-slapping. Bottom-slapping, very PC. I'm not quite sure how it's a competition, but it's quite funny. I don't know how people win either, from what I've seen. I don't know. I'm heading to the bum slapping contest, <laughs> wherever it is. In fact, I'm putting my hand up to take part. Who would you like to slap yours? Somebody <laughs> with very small hands. I don't know what to say. Actually, then. your hands are pretty small, Di. You can, uh, that'll be fine. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, moving ahead. Let's look back at the tennis. What this- tennis? <laughs> I love talking about Tommy. Uh, He's a funny one, that one. <laughs> Counting his millions. millions. The top controversies of Bernard Tommy. Uh, September 2012, accused of tanking by John Rackenrow to Andy Ruddock in the second round of the US Open. In January 2013, Bernard Tomic loses his driving licence after getting caught speeding in a yellow Ferrari beefy. May 2013, Bernie's dad, John, headbutts his son's hitting partner, Thomas Drouet. Well, he's a hitting partner. During an <laughs> argument in Madrid, broke Drouet's nose, claims it was in self-defence. November 2013, Bernard is photographed getting a lap dance <laughs> by two women during the annual schooling celebration on the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, when you got 10 mil, just two months later, he got booed by the home crowd at the Australian Open when he pulled out of a heavily hyped match against Rafael Nadal just after one set. He thought he had a groin injury. Yeah, I'm not surprised after that lap dance. July 2015, arrested in Miami after a party noise complaint in a 10,000 a night hotel penthouse. He spends a day in jail and his shirtless mugshot is shown around the world. Go Bernard Tomic. He loved it though, he loved it. 2016, he conceded a match to Fabio Fognini at the Madrid Open again by holding his racket backwards. He tried to hit the ball with the handle. That's how serious he was taking it. Later, he says he doesn't care about the match because he's 23 and he's worth... Over $10 million. (laughs) Count it, count it. Counting the money. And in 2018... He lasted in the final round of the Oz Open qualifying. And as he leaves the court, he says, I'm off to count my millions. Before then, he appeared on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here for all of one day. Listening to the bucket list with Beefy and Diana Simons. We're speaking to Joffa. Good morning to you, Joffa. Bit of controversy recently in the paper, in the media. Now, what has been going on? 
But um, a lot of people noticed a shift towards policing um, football crowds this year, and so it's upset a lot of people. So when security people come down and tell you to be quiet because you're making too much noise, <laughs> you sort of you sit down and think, hang on, there's something not quite right here. And if you take the argument up to the security people, you know, hello, this is football. I'm not being abusive or violent. I'm here to make noise and support my team. If you take that argument to them, they get the police, and the police just take you out. Yeah. What's kind of brought this to the fore is that obviously somebody's been kicked out of the MCG for calling the referee a bald-headed flog. You say, it's kind of part of the game. It's not really offensive. I refereed <laughs> soccer for 10 years at the top level here in Victoria, and as a referee, you know you're going to get right. stick. Football is so important to a lot of other people. Leave it alone. It's not hurting anyone. It self-regulates. I think that's something that we can say quite proudly these days, that the crowd self-regulates itself. Just lay off, you know, just let us be. I've been to London three times and I've been to many EPL games and the banter and the fun that goes on over there I wish we could bring this atmosphere to AFL games because it's just completely different, it's banter no one's offended. When umpires start signalling people out in the crap this has gone way too far If the AFL could recreate soccer atmospheres in the AFL you wouldn't be able to buy a ticket for love nor money. Let's talk about the atmosphere at the English football or European football. I've been there you just want to bottle it and bring it back. Sport is beautiful and you hear some of the funniest things ever (laughs) when when you go to and no one's offended. Get off our backs. Yeah. But I went to Anfield because I'm a West Ham supporter. I went to Anfield and I was with the West Ham supporters before the game. And the singing and the chanting and the fun before they even let us into the stadium. (laughs) You just think, I'm in heaven. This is it. No one runs home afterwards and, and, and tries their silly complaint or allegations about people. Sport is about coming together, having fun, banter. Carry on a bit, but don't go too far. We're not talking homophobia, uh, racism or verbally threatening people of violence. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who want to go to this great game of ours, the AFL, one day a week and just be themselves, let off a bit of steam, have fun, go home. Thank you. The strange thing is, a lot of the British football, a lot of the stuff is now self-policed. If people step out of line, the other fans bring them back into line. Absolutely, and you notice that very quickly. Like I said, like I've been to some of the biggest stadiums in, in England, Newcastle especially, and they're pretty feral up there at Newcastle. <laughs> and it was Must just, be those black uh, and white stripes, Joffa. Oh, uh, must be. <laughs> there was nothing offensive, there was nothing untoward. At the end of the game, you felt, wow, I've just been somewhere and I've witnessed something, and you go home and there's no one on radio to try and make out a pretentious complaint. Yeah, you said this or you said that. Just got to relax a little bit because look this is a great game here and it always has been and the and the banter of the crowd you know the the wags that, that stand up every now and then and shout out something it's hilarious we, we can't dismiss that and we can't expel it no exactly right is mr mclaughlin just gonna is he gonna let it ride or is he gonna make a hardline stance or what would you like him to really do there's always been the occasional before the football like and, and we don't support that but the problem is today everyone's got a mobile phone so there's a fight of the football, um, you come home and put it on Facebook and you're shocked. There's punches, there's blood. Years ago you'd say, oh, there's a fight of the football and you'd say, okay, tell me something new. But when you see footage of it, it shocks people. But nothing has changed. There's, there's not a rise in violence at the AFL arenas. It's always been there and those people shouldn't be there. I'm not saying that that's right. I just think that uh, yeah, mobile phones and video footage on the social media, it doesn't do the, uh, the argument any good. 
you're a huge sport fan, probably one of the biggest sport fans in the country. What's on your bucket list? Oh, I saw the last ever game at uh, West Ham and I thought that was just sensational. I would love to go to a NASCAR event in uh, in America someplace where there's 250,000 yeah. people trackside. Been one of the most incredible things. Yeah, that's for me as well. I've, I've done the Daytona 500. I haven't done Indy. Obviously, Indy 500 is not NASCAR. Um, that would be one of my dream things is to go to a, a huge NASCAR event in the States. Yeah, no, very good. Well, Joffa, well, we yeah. hope we can have a bit of yeah, uh, sensibility about what's going on at the minute. Yeah, because, and, uh, that, and that's what we need, a bit of sensibility. Thanks for having me. That's Joffa with us this morning on The Bucket List. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Good morning, it's the Bucket List. We've got Peter Rolfe from the Herald Sun. Peter's actually uh, written a great article about Melbourne being the centre of the research universe for sporting corruption and betting patterns. People trying to lose die. Yeah, morning, guys. It, it is some really interesting work. It's come out of Victoria University. Which they've actually signed a contract with FIFA and been chosen to lead up this research. And you know what wearable technology is? Like GPS units and things like that. How does it work, though? Vic Uni, of all the universities around the world, have absolutely nailed it. They've been doing their secret kind of training sessions at Marvel Stadium and they've been doing these match simulation games researching all the technology but even in inverted commas which aren't going to come over the radio fixing games and telling a player to sort of do certain things and then seeing if the technology picks it up. They're using their technology to see how fast someone runs and where they run and get the patterns of all the players which is great if you're a fan you've got an app and you can tap into it but also you can actually use technology to see if somebody is running to suspicious areas. I guess they're long term goal is to use this to catch cheats in the act. Ah, so they can use it for good as well as evil. Indeed. What it really means is anyone who wants to compete in a soccer tournament, which is FIFA-sanctioned, World Cup, Women's World Cup, those sort of things, for them to be able to wear any technology, they are going to have to pass a standard. And it's actually a Vic University expert have designed this and come up with this FIFA standard. For all those massive manufacturers around the world, if they want to get anything in this space, they're going to have to get it past Victoria University first, which is pretty amazing when you think about the amount of soccer people around the world can slice a footscray out of it first. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. To see this in terms of actual real-time playing is going to be absolutely amazing to see how it gets implemented. I find it really interesting. And I guess with a player, it's pretty hard to prove that they're actually doing anything wrong. They may say they've got a cramp or they just happened to fall over or they didn't want to go so hard into a contest. And this technology will keep building and building. But what they're already looking at, only this first phase, is actually tracking what these players usually do. So they're running at a certain speed and they're not for a certain game or they're not actually playing defense at a certain rate or they're not hitting a tennis ball as hard as they usually do. It's already going to put a question in the mind. And the people who literally are sitting behind a computer and monitoring all this stuff, and that's literally what's going to be happening, what they're going to be looking for, and that's, I guess, their high-tech trap for these cheats. Yeah, absolutely amazing. It's been a great insight, and it's great to know, not only is Melbourne the sporting capital of the world, it's now the sporting corruption capital of the world as well. Indeed. No problem, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Peter. Peter Rolfe from the Herald Sun on the bucket list. You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Luke, what did you recently do that was on your bucket list? Well, I went to the football match and proposed to uh, my beautiful girlfriend. Ah. So you proposed to your girlfriend at the MCG? Yep, uh, she said yes. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> and was it cheering? <laughs> 
Yes, people in the box were clapping that. It meant to be on the big screen, so it wasn't, thank, thank goodness. I was a bit nervous. Oh, some people would want it to be on the big screen. Well, mind you, <laughs> I suppose if, if she said no, you wouldn't want it to be on the big screen, but I'm sure she was always going to say yes, though. Did she have any inkling of what was going to happen? No, she didn't. Didn't have a clue, actually. Good stuff. We've got to thank SEN for making this possible as well, uh, Luke, haven't we? Yes, certainly do. I have to thank SEN. Thanks very much. And the Diamond Guys, much appreciated. Is your beautiful fiancé happy with what the Diamond Guys have provided for you? Yeah, she's very happy. Magic. Now, look, our show is called The Bucket List. Apart from uh, the MCG experience, is there any other sports that you'd love to go and see? World Cup for the cricket or the Super Bowl. Congratulations on getting engaged, Luke. All the best for the future. Appreciate it. On The Bucket List. We have Dennis Ciccone from Sportsnet Holidays, and we're going to preview the Bathurst 12-hour, not the Bathurst 1000. This is the Bathurst 12-hour in January. Why should we travel to go and see the Bathurst 12-hour? It's Australia's most internationally recognised and prestigious endurance race. Another opportunity and reason to go to Australia's greatest motorsport circuit in Mount Panorama. It's only one of three races to be staged at the circuit each year, including the 6-hour and the Bathurst 1000. As the event doesn't have the huge demand of the 1000, yet, it's much better value for money, easy to get great vantage point around the circuit. Although it's popular, it doesn't have the number of people that the 1,000 attract. There's a huge range of cars sharing the circuit at the same time, from four different classes, everything such as Ferrari, Lamborghinis, McLaren and Mercedes, to Mazda 3s and Ford Focuses with V8 engines in them, which is really cool. Some of Supercar's biggest names, Jamie Wincup, guys like Craig Lowndes and Shane Van Gisbergen compete alongside some of the world's best international endurance race. It's an incredible incredibly competitive field that isn't dominated by any one manufacturer like Formula One is at the moment. In the last five years, there have actually been five different winners. Plus, right next door to the circuit is the National Racing Museum, home to some of Australia's Australian motorsports' most iconic cars, anything from a, a Falcon XR GT to a, a 1976 Holden Tirana. It's in the town of Bathurst. It's just a great place to visit, especially during a, a motor racing event. And I'm sure that Sportsnet Holidays have some special events surrounding this event that you want to us about. It's not as busy as, as the 1000. That means great value for money. All our packages include either a tent or motel hotels in Bathurst itself for half the price what the Bathurst 1000 costs. So that's a great thing from a special experiences point of view. We include a, a scenic helicopter flight over Mount Panorama Circuit. So every guest will experience this scenic flight, uh, which includes two incredible laps of the circuit, get the opportunity to see a bird's eye view of the racing and spectacular Mount Panorama. How good is that everyone gets that included if you are afraid of heights are afraid of helicopters we can obviously remove that um, <laughs> but we love that plus the hotel the most famous hotel in Bathurst Ridges Mount Panorama within the circuit itself I'm calling this a special experience because it's impossible to get rooms we have them albeit they did sell out within 24 hours but there's no better experience than to watch any race that's happening at, at Mount Panorama and the circuit there's no better experience than being at Ridges itself and watching it from your balcony what special offers do you have for our listeners we have a ripper. So for the first 60 listeners to book, we'll throw in a, a free podium to us. It's an opportunity to get behind the scenes, get some great photos of the podium, where the winners will obviously be crowned the following day. And we've only got 60 spots. We cannot offer that to 61. It's, it's 60 only, and we know that will sell out really fast. Oh, that's great stuff. Daniel, why wouldn't you book through Sportsnet Holidays? We're an official ticketing and hospitality agent of supercars who, who run the event. Everything we do is always official, which is really important for peace of mind. Scenic helicopter flight included for every person, as I've mentioned the podium tour so that early bird offer all accommodation we have is in Bathurst itself all within close proximity to the circuit 
So convenience is there. Value for money is, is absolutely brilliant. We offer hospitality upgrades, official hospitality upgrades. So for those that want to take their experience to another level and, and have the budget, the convenience factor, we look after everything on behalf of our guests. Your own personal consultant for start from start to finish. It's just so easy when you book through sports and holidays. You can call them on 1300 888 That's 1-300-888-858. Or sportsnetholidays.com. That is sportsnetholidays.com. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of our friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au.